This episode of Unreasonable Down is brought to you by DB. DB is a Scandinavian brand that makes backpacks and bags to help people in the move stay ready for anything. From the streets to the peaks, DB's gear is travel tested by some of the world's best athletes, adventurers, and creators. Over the past decade, DB has designed and developed, released, and refined the best bags in the market. With DB's patented hookup system, you are able to attach smaller products to your backpack, roller, or tote. And that's so important, especially in the airport. You got multiple bags, bringing them into the airport. It's nice to have that hookup system to put the small bag with the big bag so you're not flailing around. You have your hands ready to go. DB is making it happen. And I'm teaming up with DB to exclusively offer my listeners 10% off your next purchase by using the code POD10, P-O-D-1-0, or going to the link in my show notes. DB! It's time to move on. Time to get going. I'm not going to raise my voice. Yes! I'm really good at basketball for a puppet. What just happened? I drank your milkshake. What's up with those shorts? It's either super good or super bad. Unreasonable Doubt podcast about West Virginia University basketball starts now. Hello from the Dyer Prime Studio in Nitro, West Virginia. This is Unreasonable Down. It's a podcast about West Virginia University basketball. I'm Josh Witt. Off-season episode 18. Next player profile. In the off-season player profile series, Isaiah Cottrell. It's not Cottrell. Learn that. Freshman Isaiah Cottrell? Medical red shirt? I don't know how this works. Do you get a medical red shirt on top of the COVID red shirt? I, I don't know exactly how it works, how time works when pandemic happens. But here's what we know about Isaiah Cottrell. His season got cut short last year. Played in the first 10 games in a backup role, limited minutes. Then he suffered Achilles tear in the Northeastern game. You know, you're you're walking into that Northeastern game last year, and it's like, ah, here's a chance to breathe. Here's a chance for guys to get reps, guys to get confidence. What happens in the Northeastern game? Last game for Oscar, and Cottrell tears his Achilles. Such a crappy game. The curse of J.J. Barea. So what do we have in those 10 games from Isaiah Cottrell? It's, it's freshman big guy, right? Freshman showing promise not strong but not expected to be strong cuz he's a freshman great hair nobody's going to tell me that Isaiah Cottrell has bad hair he's got fantastic hair it's only getting better best hair on the team we'll see the promising game for Isaiah was the Gonzaga game Big guys were getting in foul trouble. Cottrell comes in. 
11 minutes, six points, hitting mid-range shots, not afraid to shoot threes. Again, freshman. So defense, very sketchy as a freshman. But he's a freshman, right? Hadn't been around Huggins very much. Tall. You know, the thing about defense, if you're tall, you've got a really good chance of being good at defense because you're taller than the guy you're playing. And Cottrell is taller than most of the guys he plays. Just not strong. But he looked completely lost at times. On defense, again, 10 games, small sample size, freshman, all that. And it's such a bummer that Isaiah Cottrell got hurt last season because the next 19 games, what would it have been for Isaiah? Who knows? You would think limited minutes that could have become more minutes, continue to improve, interesting big guy beside Derek Culver. Beside Gabe, we talk about what Jalen Bridges unlocks for the offense. Cottrell, the promise of Isaiah Cottrell, he unlocks so many things offensively. He's our only four or five. I know Bridges played four, but he played small ball four. Cottrell can play four or five, and you're telling me, that you could have crunch time. You could have Sherman, McNeil, Bridges, Cottrell, and pick your big guy. Like that's that's offense galore. That's shooting galore. He unlocks everything. We've got plenty of guys protecting the rim but we don't want a lot of those guys in at the same time. So if Cottrell takes one of the spots, put Bridges at three, and then have Kerrigan protecting the rim, have Polycap setting screens and rolling, like Cottrell makes all of that happen. You put Gabe and one of the rim runners and Gabe's good at passing from the outside, but the spacing, and I don't know what kind of passer Cottrell is, can't, you know, can't say after 10 games, but uh, Huggins, I'm guessing, would re- would call Cottrell a willing passer. He's good at offense. And the one big guy that could step away from the rim, he didn't show it in 10 games that he could m- make it consistently, But him being out there and having the green light to shoot the ball, that means he's got it in him. And he has fully recovered from his Achilles. Well, cleared for playing, which is way ahead of schedule for an Achilles tear, right? Achilles tear takes about 12 months usually, sometimes longer. He had the injury in December, cleared to play, in August. So that's ahead of schedule. Great to have him. Will he start? I doubt that, but I don't know. I don't know. I doubt it, but also I like lineups with Cottrell in it. 
And maybe Huggins will see the same thing. And maybe he gets a start. I mean, are you? we'll get to Gabe in the weeks ahead, but is Gabe a starter? Gabe has done all the things. He has the most experience. Might be considered the leader of the team. Does that mean he's a starter? Cottrell is a starter, okay? Just his profile, what is possible with him, he's a starter. (laughs) Will that happen? Who's to say? But it's the perfect piece of this team. The, you know, what do we not have? The the one of one. Isaiah Cottrell for this team is a one of one. And he's very important to the team. If he progresses, he doesn't have to be the star of this team. He just, you know, not look lost on defense. Because you know with Huggins, if you're lost on defense, you don't play. And make some shots. And and help the spacing on offense. And don't look lost on defense so you can stay on the court. Because there's guys new to the program that defense is not going to be an issue. And Huggins, when he's choosing five guys on the floor, two big guys, one is absolutely lost on defense, you're not going to get to play. And it really doesn't matter the role. Huggins doesn't, unless you can shoot completely lights out, he doesn't put up with lost on defense. So if Cottrell can go from lost on defense to manageable on defense and let his offense game grow and and what how will it grow because you know he's coming off an injury it's not like he's been in the offseason getting up shots he's rehabbing and maybe he's getting up some shots but you know what i mean like his focus was not on year two his focus was uh fix my heel through the wonders of medicine and time and mix in some basketball to whatever that allows. So what that looks like in game one, we'll all find out together, but you know, it's bridges and it's Cottrell. And I would argue it's Curry as one of one guys. Nobody really does what they do on the team. And so those guys are intriguing, and that's why they were the first three player profiles because I think those guys are really important to what happens this year because of their uniqueness, because of their what they can bring to the stew, to the basketball stew that we're cooking this year, we being you know the WVU basketball team. Isaiah Cottrell, excited for year one, year 1.25, years, it's complicated. Random thoughts coming up. Dire Prime is the lead sponsor of Unreasonable Doubt. Summer's almost here, and you know what that means. Embroidery. I don't know if embroidery has anything to do with summer, but Dyer Prime knows about embroidery and they can help you with your embroidery needs. 
embroider a hat, embroider a polo, embroider a t-shirt. Think of something that needs embroidered. Dyer Prime can do that for you. Start your summer off with embroidery with Dyer Prime, 304-767-4445, or find them on Facebook or Instagram at Dyer Prime. Random thoughts for this episode of Unreasonable Doubt. I don't know how I don't do at least one segment until this realignment straight straightens up about realignment. It's it's the cloud that hovers over everything. And how do you not talk about it? How do you talk about things about basketball, not about life? Lord knows there's so many other things in life that uh that give me more anxiety than following WVU basketball. Let's push that aside. Just focus on college basketball. How do you talk about, like, I mean, football pundits are talking about football, I guess, but they're also talking about realignment because how do you not talk about it? Why do you talk about what's coming up this season when the bag is in question? That's what the kids call money, the bag. And I'm hip. I know what the kids talk about. How do you talk about the other stuff when the bag is not secure? And so in that realm, you know my stance on expectations. West Virginia comes into a season, football, basketball, whatever, with high expectations. It makes me sick to my stomach. Because... You either meet the expectations, which WVU rarely has done, or you, in most cases, fail to meet those expectations. (laughs) Like it's a it's a it's a tried and true. I don't know about other fan bases. I can speak for the WVU fan base. Do not handle high expectations well. Since I've been doing this podcast, the expectations have been met. I would argue that last year's team met expectations. You know, they they started the season in the preseason top 25. They finished the season in the AP top 25. They got a, what'd they get? They got a three seed, right? So that that's, you know, regardless of what happens in the tournament, that's meeting expectations for the season in a weird pandemic season. Cut to the first year or to the second year I did this podcast, West Virginia had a preseason ranking of 15. That team uh, was the <laughs> was the team that lost the Coastal Carolina at home in the sad tournament at the end of the year and had a losing record. So that team you would argue, uh, failed to even sniff expectations. You get the gist. And, and football people that follow WVU, you know, you know the expectations game as well, right? The flip side is also true, where if there's no expectations, it's so much better. Not that it gives me a pep in my step, but it, it gives me less anxiety because – There's no expectations. 
So what can you do? You can either meet those no expectations, <laughs> which is still sad, but you're not expecting anything, or you exceed or greatly exceed expectations. You come out of nowhere. You have house money all year. Or even better, the team internally has expectations. They see what the people say. They say, we don't believe in you. And then you can take that and do something more with it. Like that can fuel you. Fuel you. So, and I've got instances where West Virginia had no expectations and did better than that. I don't have them right now, but I I am more comfortable going into the season with no expectations, right? So how does that apply to realignment? A good number of people that I read on the internet say, you know what? Don't sweat this. We've got great people in positions of power that are, going to make the right decision. This is why we're paying these people. Gordon Gee and all his connections and everybody, the, the man has to have a Rolodex. Nobody under the age of 50 has a Rolodex. Gordon Gee, older than 50, so he definitely has a Rolodex. And in these conversations about realignment, Picture him using his Rolodex to talk to people, great connections with these people, hired people throughout the country that can have an effect on realignment. Shane Lyons has an ACC tie, uh, has hired Neil Brown, and everybody loves Neil Brown. And uh, so, you know, he's not – there's other jobs out there. He's not taking those jobs. He's going to guide WVU – through this realignment mess. And so trust the people in charge, which is fine. I I get that on it, on the merit of just trust people. But I'm also being told, don't panic. Don't worry. West Virginia is going to land in a smooth spot. Hey, just just put your hands behind your back. You know what? Crack open a refreshing drink out of your mini fridge and just ah, not a care in the world. WV, we're playing musical chairs. The music's the music's still playing, I guess. It hasn't really stopped. Uh But, you know, these guys in power, they've got an eye on a chair. We don't know what that chair looks like, but it's going to be chair. It's going to be a chair that's going to be fine. And so that is high expectations. (laughs) Hey, don't sweat it. Of course, WVU is not going to be left behind is a high expectation. And so... I don't know how the rest of the fan base is interpreting this, but for this person talking into the microphone, I treat that as being ranked preseason top 10. 
and it it turns my stomach. And so I'm not telling people what to report or how to feel. If people were saying, if the major, and some people are saying this, but if the majority of WVU fans or people who follow WVU were saying, hey, this is terrible. Don't trust anything. And there's a strong chance WVU is going to have is going to have home and homes with Wyoming. Book that. Or, hey, uh, West Virginia, we're the Mountain State. There's a conference called the Mountain West. West Virginia. This could work. If people were saying that more often, you know, if it's like West Virginia loves Myrtle Beach, Coastal Carolina is in the Sun Belt. Appalachian State is the Mountaineers. They're in the Sun Belt. There's a lot of ties there. Gordon Gee knows the president of Directional Louisiana. And Neil Brown came from Troy, so he's got connections at Troy. Like, if that was the talk, then I would feel better because the expectation is Sun Belt or Mountain West. And so they could meet that. That'd be truly sad, and the bag is not secured. Or we could exceed those expectations. So whoever is reporting on this stuff, even if you don't have the facts, if you could just be prominent and say it's going to be WVU and the service academies uh, and like Colorado State and South Florida, like just a hodgepodge of of teams throughout the continental United States, and we're going to call it the Circus 11 or whatever. If you could just kindly start putting that out there more, really put doomsday scenarios out there for the bag, for WVU's bag, then that's going to make me feel better. It's only going to make one person feel better. I just want fans and people reporting on this to really go, you know what? WVU is going to be independent. And so they're going to have, (laughs) they're going to have four home and aways with Liberty and, uh, you know, and then three, you don't even have to worry about non-conference because you're not in a conference. WVU back to independent status uh, playing. I don't, I don't even know who they like UConn. (laughs) Just give me more of that. So that makes the bar low. And then I can have low expectations to exceed jump over the, the short hurdle, so to speak. That's it. That's realignment talk for this week. You know, I thought, you know, Kanye West's album finally came out. Uh, there Was there a chance that the album was going to come out after realignment for WVU? I, that was on the table for me, uh, but that is not a bet you would have won. Final thoughts coming up.
Unreasonable Doubters on the social media. On Instagram, at UnreasonableDoubtWV. On Twitter, at I'm Josh Witt. On Facebook, go to that search bar thing and type in Unreasonable Doubt. Do it! Interact with the show. Final thoughts for this episode of Unreasonable Doubt. News about Bob Huggins. First reported by Mike Kazaza. 24-7 Sports, Earsports.com. He was the first to have it. He broke the news. And then other people had the news, and I guess the university just announced it. Bob Huggins' contract extension. So I think it was going to be after this season, he could decide if he wanted to keep coaching or take a more of an office role. And we push that back to the 23-24 season now where he gets to decide if he wants to coach some more or not. So it's news. We've done this before. We being the University of Bob Huggins, that's not we, did it in 2012, did it in 2017, and did it again in 2021. And so Huggins gets to coach until he doesn't want to coach at WVU. And I'm not going to play the game. What does Bob Huggins have to do besides not want to coach basketball that gets him out of the coaching job at WVU? I don't want to play that game. It's not a fun game. It's only terrible things that Bob Huggins could do to where he doesn't decide if he's coaching at WVU or not. He just finished his 40th season as a head coach, 4-0. Almost as long as I've been alive, but I'm not going to tell you how old I am, but I've kind of already told you. And his 15th, this is his 15th season coming up with WVU. 1-5. It's wild. It's, it's one of those things. Football's had a little more turnaround, a little more turnover with the head coaches than basketball. So it's not been like, a, you know, Duke fans, it's like Coach K until the end of this year. For Syracuse, is like Bayheim in my lifetime. People my age is like, it's been Bayheim the whole time. So for WVU in my lifetime, it's been Catlett. Do we count the two weeks for Dockage? I counted just because I like to mention that he was here for two weeks. Beeline. Huggins. It's it's a pretty good, you know, if you give the benefit of the doubt to Catlett, pretty good run for WVU with coaching. A lot of stability. And a Final Four in my lifetime. I remember that. But we're now, what are we? We're 11 seasons out from the Final Four. WVU and Huggins has taken WVU to the NCAA tournament 10 of his 14 seasons he would have been it would have been 11 but pandemic so that's really good I you know would it be great if we got to two final fours what's better than one final four while Huggins coaches WVU how about two 
That would give him three Final Fours total. Just throwing numbers out there. Just things I want. You know, the world is crazy. So every once in a while, I just want to say out loud, I would like selfishly not (laughs) – yes, for Bob Huggins, I guess. But for me, I'd like to see WVU make another Final Four. Will it happen this year? Probably not. But he's got until 23-24 to decide if he wants to keep coaching. And maybe he can decide at that point. We've got three seasons here where he could say, you know what? Uh, I brought the national championship to the state of West Virginia. I don't want to coach anymore. Just let me, I just like to say that out loud. loud. I don't say that hardly ever. I'm saying it today. Wouldn't it be great? The man can wish. That's it for this episode of Unreasonable Doubt. Very basketball heavy. Because I don't want to think about anything else (laughs) for a lot of time. A lot of terrible things happening in the world. And you know this. Uh, That's it for this episode. You know, you've listened to this podcast if you've made it this far. And maybe, you know, I'm just me mentioning it maybe makes you think about terrible things. I'm not trying to do that. Just, But the other stuff kept you from thinking until now, maybe. Maybe you're not thinking about it because I'm not getting in the specifics. That's it for this episode of Unreasonable Doubt. Listen on all the all the platforms. Just or pick one, you know. And there's plenty to choose from. Whichever one you're listening to the podcast now, I guess that's a good one. Uh, there's also another one called Castbox. Hit the follow button. Subscribe is not a thing anymore. Follow is a thing. So just like you follow on social media, follow the podcast. I think that helps the podcast. Leave a review. If you've got, you know, 15 to 45 seconds, leave a review. Just put your favorite color in the review and put it five stars. And that's, I think that helps the podcast. Until next time, I'm Josh Witt. This has been Unreasonable Doubt. WVU for the 21-22 season. They're zero and zero.